Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the E Squared MMA show. Unfortunately, my co-host can't join me tonight due to prior engagements, so I will be doing the show alone. It's the first pay-per-view of 2023, UFC 283, back in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Cards completely stacked with Brazilians. We have two titles on the line tonight, the light heavyweight strap, as well as the flyweight, a fourth fight for the flyweight title. Now, I just want to say this card is actually beautiful to start off the year 2023, and I'm excited that this year I'm going to make an effort to actually do every show and keep my record for the entire year and see how amazing I can do by providing locks from long, faraway islands. So with that, actually first, let me just tell you, the early prelims start at 4.30 on ESPN+. Plus. The prelims will be on ESPN+. Plus. ESPN, as well as ABC starting at 7 p.m. And then the main card pay-per-view at 9 p.m. tomorrow. So let's just start off with the first fight to kick off the main card, the first pay-per-view of 2023. This will be a light heavyweight bout between number nine ranked Paul Craig and number 12 ranked Johnny Walker. Paul Craig comes in at plus 165. Johnny Walker closes almost to the two to one at minus one ninety five. So when I look at this fight, you have a lanky Johnny Walker who's predominantly a stand-up guy versus Paul Craig, who has probably the nastiest triangle off his back in the entire UFC. So with that, Paul Craig, he's sixteen, five and one. He's coming off a Lost to Vulcan Ozdemir, um, unanimous decision last July. Before that, triangle win against Nikita Krylov, and then before that, he had he beat Jamal Jamahal Hill, who's fighting for this strap in the main event in that freak um, accident injury, whatever you want to call it, when he was on bottom and he was going for an arm bar, and Jamahal Hill's arm completely snapped. Um, it was brutal. And then, you know, if you just scroll down his record, it's just triangle choke after triangle choke. Then we move on to Johnny Walker, who's 19 and seven. He came into the UFC absolutely on a tear, winning uh, four fights in a row, then losing two, then winning one, then losing two. And then in his last fight, he beat Hulk with a rear naked choke, which I find very interesting. And the other thing I want to point out is Johnny Walker. During those losses, he talked about changing camps and not being in the right mindset in his personal life. Um, And it kind of got him in the dumps after just two losses, didn't really know where he was going. So he switched camps, got it together with this last win against Hulk. um, And that was back in September of last year a rear naked choke at the end of the first round. So when I look at this fight, you have Johnny Walker, who's predominantly a tall, lanky striker for this light heavyweight. He's about 6'6", and the max weight you can weigh in is 205. Then you have Paul Craig, about 6'3", 6'4", burly, muscular, jiu-jitsu specialist. Um, He's pretty built for this this weight class. So how I see this fight going down is Johnny Walker, 
is very hard to understand. His striking is very unorthodox. He likes to stay on the outside with that 6-6 frame, throw weird punches, weird kicks, kind of do some weird facial expressions. Um, if you watch their face-off, it was very intense. They were literally nose-to-nose. Um, and they both want to win because they're both both kind of in that in-between ground. You know, Johnny Walker, about two or three years ago, was climbing the rankings before he suffered those two losses, and he's currently ranked 12, so he's fighting back. Paul Craig as well, he's ranked 9, and he was climbing the ladder. So this is a really big fight for both of them to take the next step and get close to that 7 or 8 ranking, especially with the light heavyweight division, which is, you know, has been in shambles ever since John Jones left the division. There's been just crazy things one after another. If you remember, Yuri Prohoshka was the champ, injured his shoulder, and with his samurai mentality, he vacated the belt, and they fought in December, Magomed Ankalaya first um, Jan Blahovich for a draw, a very controversial draw at that. Um and it just goes to show some of the UFC politics involved. Dana immediately reschedules the light heavyweight belt for the next month, but he doesn't include either of the fighters that just had a draw. And in my opinion, I thought Magomed did win the fight, even though he kind of was coasting. I still thought he won. Um, and it just goes to show Dana is really fed up with this division. He really wanted a champ, so he immediately reschedules, but you know, he shafted the two guys that just fought an excellent fight and gives it to a number two Glover, who should have been in the first one, and then Jamahal Hill, who's number seven. Um, with that being said, you know, if if this goes to the ground, which it probably will. It heavily favors Paul Craig. Um, Paul Craig has predominantly struggled against stout, muscular, uh, light heavyweights. Um, if you'll remember Volkan Ozdemir, he's about 6'1", probably weighs like 220. Before that, Alonzo Menafield, who's like 6'3", probably 240. Before that, Jimmy Crew, Khalil Roundtree. So he really struggles with the muscular power strikers. Johnny Walker, he is a power striker. However, he's lanky and long for this division. And to be honest, besides actually, no, I stand corrected. Um, he honestly flourishes with long and lanky fighters because he gets them to come into his guard off the ground. And there's just so long of limbs that he's able to snag that triangle immediately. Um, with that being said, the way I see Paul Craig potentially losing is if he decides that this needs to stay on the feet, um, it's going to heavily favor Johnny Walker. Not to say Johnny Walker doesn't have a good ground game. Um, his last, he won, actually, no, that he went to Hollytown Havoc 2, which is a grappling match where he won. Sorry, he came, oh wait, that's Paul Craig, I'm an idiot. Yeah, he won off a rear naked choke against Hulk. Now, granted, Hulk is known as just a brawler, like his nickname um, assumes. So that's not much to say on the ground. But with this fight, I really like Paul Craig at plus money, plus 165. Um, I think it should be a lot closer. I'm kind of confused on where they're getting this. I think it's just because he's coming off a loss. But, you know, Paul Craig is one of the most dangerous men in the light heavyweight division with the skills that he possesses on the ground. I believe that this is a perfect chance to throw some money on a dog 
and get some good fucking money. Um, so I would take Paul Craig, um, the money line. If you're trying to be, you know, fancy, you could sprinkle a submission. I bet those odds are going to be a little lower than his money line due to the fact that he's known as a submission specialist. But yeah, I love Paul Craig at plus 165 here. Next, we move on to a women's flyweight bout between number four, Lauren Murphy, closing at a plus 390, and the number six ranked Jessica Andrade, closing at a minus 490. Um, we'll just start with the favorite, who's almost a five to one favorite. Jessica Andrade, if you've never watched her fight, holy shit. Now, if you want, the women's flyweight is the lowest weight. Actually, straw weight, sorry, 115. Women's flyweight's at 125 pounds. Not too big of women, but holy shit, Jessica Andrade has power in those hands. Absolute chaos. She has a 23-9 and record. She's 31. She won off a standing arm triangle against Amanda Lemos, who is 11-1. Gave her her first, took the zero from her. Fight before that, uh, knocked out Cynthia Clavio at the end of the first round, and then the one before that, she lost to Valentina Shevchenko in 2021 on the Usman versus Monsvidal second card, and that was off elbows from the crucifix. If we do know, Valentina Shevchenko is um, second in the GOAT ranking for women's uh, MMA behind uh, Amanda. She's fought Amanda and lost, but you know, before that, she... She knocked out Caitlin Chuchagin. Before that, she lost a split decision to Rose. Very close fight. Before that, she lost in a knockout to Weili Zhang 40 seconds into the fight. So you can't really take anything from that. Going over to Lauren Murphy. Lauren Murphy is also a stand and banger coming in at 16 and 5. She's 39 years old. Keep that in mind for a couple seconds. She's coming off a unanimous decision win to Maisha Tate, who returned after, I want to say, three years. Before that, she also lost in a championship fight against Valentina Shevchenko in round four to ground and pound. Then she was riding a five-fight win streak before this. So here's the problem. Jessica Andrade is through and through a mixed martial artist. She has the ground game, but that striking is unbelievable because for the women's flyweight division, it's really hard besides Shevchenko to find someone that can actually knock you out. And with that being said, Shevchenko is a volume puncher, so it's not even a clean knockout. It's just an overwhelming. Andrade can knock you out in one punch. And why I favor... Why this fight favors Andrade especially is because... Lauren Murphy is also a stand-up fighter, a classic boxer. She's 39 years old. You do not want to be on the feet with Jessica Andrade, okay? Because she's going to turn it into a war. It's going to get bloody. It's going to get sweaty. It's going to get close up. She's going to dig some hooks into your liver. She's going to throw some mean uppercuts. She's going to put you up against the fence. Lauren Murphy is just a tactical American-style boxer, the 1-1-2. One, one, um, and the odds just speak clearly. I mean, she's minus 500. Um, so in this fight, I would say easy right here. Andrade is your parlay steadfast, the nail that is holding together your parlay. You put the minus 500 in there and you build from there. If you're trying to get cocky, you take her by knockout. You take her by finish. If you can get that, if you can get a knockout submission, take that. Um, I really don't see this fight going, uh, to the distance. I really don't. Jessica Andrade really wants to get back in, in the, in the championship debate, um, Lauren Murphy's also 39 years old. 
Um, not saying she's not doing, she was riding a five fight win streak, but you know, before that she had some questionable wins against some questionable opponents. Uh, I think the odds makers got this one, right? We're moving on. If you're taking Lauren Murphy at plus three ninety, not a good move. Um, you know, look at the under maybe, I don't know what it's going to be, but Andrade all the way. All right. Let's get into the last three fights. Some absolute star studded last fight. We have three Brazilians fighting in the last three fights in their city. Keep that in mind. We move on to the welterweight. We have Gilbert Burns in number five versus Neil Magny, number 12. Gilbert Burns closes at minus 460. Neil Magny closes at plus 370. Now, this fight's very interesting because Gilbert Burns is pissed off that he has to fight Neil Magny. The reason he's pissed off is if you remember close to a fight of the year last year was Gilbert Burns versus Hamza Chimaev. Gilbert Burns was the only one that took the Hamza Chimaev fight when Gilbert was ranked two in the world and Hamza was ranked, I believe, 15. For those of you that don't know, you don't put your rankings on the line like that if, unless you're super confident or just a fighter at heart because every loss you suffer, it takes you two to three wins to get back to where you were before. So it really put Gilbert Burns off track for another title shot. Neil Magny coming in at number 12. Um, and he was griping, uh, Gilbert was, at the um, press conference because he wanted to fight Bilal, who's at four, and Gilbert's at five. You know, he wanted to jump that. Bilal declined the fight. Um, it is what it is. So he took the Neil Magny fight. Now, not knocking Neil at all. Let me tell you that because Neil Magny is a fighter. He's 27 and nine. He's 35 years old. He's coming off a win against Daniel Rodriguez by a Darce choke at the end of round three. Before that, he suffered a loss to Shakvat. Romanov. And for those of you that don't know him, watch out for this guy because he is also, he's 10th in the welterweight division. Hamzat's three. He is Hamzat without the loud mouth. He doesn't speak English, so he can't really, you know, promote himself as well as Hamzat. But a shock fought versus Hamzat fight, I'm telling you, is crazy. So he took the shock fought fight. He's undefeated. Shock fought's 15 and 0. He took the shock fought fight. No one wants to fight shock fought. Um, with that being said, though, Neil Magny, he was training with Hamzat earlier this month. Hamzat beat Gilbert. You know, he's a through and through mixed martial artist. He has very good stand up game, not power stand up game, but very technical, very in and out touch you a little bit, jump back out. His ground game is deadly. However, Gilbert Burns at 20 and five, arguably top three, not arguably, he is top three in the UFC in total in uh, jujitsu slash ground game. I would probably rank Charles Oliveira above him and then slide maybe one person in front of him, but he's top three. So Neil Magny's ground game, it's going to kind of, you know, it's just not going to be as effective as it would against other opponents. And let's not forget Gilbert Burns, standup game is incredible. His overhand, right is knockout power. Um, and again, here's another one. They give Gilbert Burns minus four sixty. Um, the only, the only way I could seal Neil Magny winning this fight is if he just somehow magically catches Gilbert 
um, or which we haven't seen. And it was only because it was his first title chances. If he does what he did against Usman, where he gassed himself out in the round one and just ran out of just steam and cardio. But that's highly doubtful because Neil Magny ha- is a cardio machine. The man can go forever. Um, I don't think this is going to be a close fight at all. I really think Gilbert Burns is going to just overwhelm him. However, I do like the over in this fight. Gilbert Burns minus 460. That's just so much to lay. But I will give you... Sorry. I will give you... I think Neil Magny hangs in there for a full three rounds. I think Gilbert gets a unanimous decision. But I think the over is the play here. All right. Let's get on to the title fights. We have the flyweight title strap. Davison Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. Both champs. Time to unify. Davison, slight dog at plus 105. Moreno, slight favorite at minus 125. First time in history that two fighters have fought four times. And on top of that, they've gone back to back to back to back. Fun fact, the last time, or let me start with, Davison Figueredo is 35 years old. The last time he fought an opponent that wasn't Brandon Moreno, he was 32. So just let that sink in. He's been fighting the same guy for three bits. They both know each other extremely well. Um, And yeah, I find it, though, very funny how the odds makers played this because first off, yes, this is a pick It should be a pick It looks like a pick It's funny though, that they give Davis and Figueredo the dog a little bit because we're in his backyard. Brandon Moreno's Mexican. Figueredo's Brazilian. We're in Rio de Janeiro. And if you don't know, Rio de Janeiro is one of the craziest MMA stadiums in the world. Brazilian fans love this sport they know what's going on. They know how to cheer. Um, they're going to be completely behind their boy. Davis and Figueredo, 21 and 2. Brandon Moreno comes in at 26 and 2. Actually, yeah, Davis and Figueredo. Um, if you remember, Brandon Moreno's last fight for the interim belt was against Kai Kara France, who trains with Izzy, Australian guy. He won off a liver kick in round three. If you remember, it was a dirty liver kick, caught him right under the elbow and finished him ground and pound. Um, with that being said, I don't feel like I need to get into this. They both know each other very well. It's very pickamish. Brandon Moreno has the dog mentality in him. He's not, he's a no quitter. He doesn't give up and he's fighting Davison Figueredo, whose nickname is the God of war. With that being said, um, especially with how Davison Figueredo is talking because he wants to win this belt and then he wants to move up and fight, um, I believe Cejudo or um, did he say Cejudo or did he say, oh, he wants to fight all Joe. My bad. He wants to fight all Joe and become a double champ. Um, I like Davison Figueredo at plus 105. Um, I really potentially could see this being a fight of the night just because these fighters know each other so well. And at this stage in their career, at how just apex of the apex they are, there's really nothing either of them can improve that would just shock the other one or shock the audience. Um, They're going to go in there, they're going to get comfortable, and they're going to fucking bang it out. Um, Davison Figueredo, the one time he lost to Brandon Moreno was because he had a terrible weight cut, 
and got gassed in there and Brandon Moreno flooded him. Brandon Moreno, excellent cardio, Mexican style boxer too. He's going to get in there close and he's going to fucking feed some hooks to the body. He's going to make it a little scrap in the telephone booth. He's going to be fucking hammering LBY, YYB for those of you that play fucking UFC. But I'm going to give it to Davidson Figueredo, especially at the home crowd. I think the Brazilian takes it home. Moving on to the main event. Let's close it out. We have it, the light heavyweight title. Number two, Glover Teixeira versus number seven, Jamahal Hill. Glover Teixeira plus 120. Jamahal Hill minus 140. And like I said, this is the weight class that is absolutely a shit show. Um, I just am so confused First off, after the draw, Jan, even though, you know, you never want to inter- interview a fighter who's lost or take a lot of hits after the fight because they're kind of confused. But he did say Mago Med won. I thought Mago Med won, even though he did coast at the end. But I think it's a disgrace that you don't give either of those fighters a rematch. I thought you should have done Mago Med versus Glover in like March. However, obviously, Dana wanted someone to have this belt, especially with Yuri vacating it. And this is probably the slowest moving moving division besides the heavyweight division, which we will see in March, I believe. Yeah, March. Um, Glover's plus 120, Jamahal's minus 140, which I find very fascinating. Jamahal Hill is 11 and 1. His only loss is that arm snap to Paul Craig. Um, He beat... Diago Santos ground and pound last August. He knocked out Johnny Walker in February that year. And then he knocked out Jimmy Crute. I mean, the man is a power puncher on the feet. He's pretty big for this weight class. He's six, four, very lanky. He's got a 79 inch reach compared to Glover to share a 76, but Glover, he's just, he's defying father time at this point. The man's 43 years old, captured the belt last year. He was winning the Yuri Prohoshka fight until he made a mistake and let him take his back and got choked out. Um, But I love Glover at plus money. I think Glover is the much more rounded fighter, especially when Glover's ground game is impeccable. If the man gets on you, if the man gets you on the ground, he knows how to transition. He's so technical on the ground. He knows what the next position is, where he needs to put his body to be effective. Jamahal Hill, all we've seen out of him is striking. Um, and on top of that, I think they gave Jamal Hill the minus 140 because they think Glover's age at 43, he has a weak chin. If you want to go back to the Jan Blahovich fight or the Thiago Santos fight, The man was getting fucking pumped in the face and eating it like it was nothing, walking forward and able to secure the takedown. I really think that's how it's going to go this fight. I think Jamahal Hill is going to land some fucking power shots on Glover, but Glover is going to eat him, walk him down, take him down, and then submit him. I love Glover to share at plus money here. I think he captures the belt again, defies the age. I mean, he's a stand-up guy too. There's nothing you can hate about him. No hate on Jamahal Hill. He's a young up-and-comer, flashy, gets very sexy knockouts. But I really think we haven't seen his ground game yet. Um the only ground game he had was against Paul Craig when his arm snapped. Um, but I really believe that the pow- his power is not going to be a match to Glover's overall 
MMA ability. He's 43. He's so well-rounded. He knows what he needs to do on a fight. We've never seen John Mahal Hill in a five-round banger. We don't know what his cardio looks like. Glover's 43 and has fucking amazing cardio. I think you take Glover by submission here to get that extra juice, and I think you take him money line. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to close it out. I'm really excited for tomorrow. I think it's going to be a really good pay-per-view. There's some excellent fights all through the day. There's so many fights, and um, can't wait to see how I do, and can't wait till next time.